Scow spinning. Look at the uh, job to create space. Put it in the book and send that young man to the line. Boy, is he fun to watch. Three fifty-one. Tony Allen slapped away by Carly Stein to the floor. He dives. What an effort! Collison, the lob. Oh, beautiful basketball by the King. Richardson changing directions and getting to the basket and scoring. How about the rookie Malachi Richards? You're now listening to the King's Court on Dash Radio, presented by SackKingsNation.com. Here are your hosts, Vince Miracle and Joe Morgan. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the King's Court here on Dash Radio. Joining me this week and making his King's Court debut, he has one of the best up-and-coming podcasts out there right now. If you're not listening to his podcast, I don't know what you guys are doing. You guys must not be NBA fans because he has some of the best guests with him and his co-host, Ryan. Some of the best guests. And just recently, they had Jeff Goodman on. Uh, without further ado, Zach Noble. Zach, how you doing? Vince, I'm doing awesome, man. Friday afternoon. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Right? I mean, we're talk we're talking hoops. You can never be mad when you're talking hoops, especially when it's a Friday. Actually, Zach, let, let me ask you a quick question because I was having a debate uh, with one of my buddies uh, I think like yesterday or like two days ago, and I'm thinking about put, putting this poll on Twitter. What's better, your morning cup of coffee or that after work beer? Ooh, I see. I'm not a big coffee drinker. Um, I love beer though. I love beer. I mean, I'm, I'm an iced coffee guy. I know, kind of lame, uh, but I never got into that morning cup of Joe. I, I usually go for a Monster or Red Bull. Honestly, I'm a little unconventional. A monster or a Red Bull over a, let's say, a Dutch Bros <laughs> coffee or even just like that home that home coffee with that hazelnut uh, creamer? Come on. You, you'd rather you'd rather have a monster over that? I mean, but at the same time, I love beer too, so I understand why you choose it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and at that end of the day, beer, I mean, you just feel accomplished at, at the end of the day. You know, you feel like you earn that beer most of the time. I mean, my, I I would have to say that like most of the time when I have that beer, it's gonna be in front. Like I feel like my work is never actually done because there's always another game right. that we're gonna be going to. But during this uh, during this summer off season, like I wasn't a real big Corona drinker. Like I I never really found the appeal yeah. of Coronas. But just recently, like I've had a couple, and uh, I think I'm gonna be start becoming a little bit of a Corona drinker. I'm I'm mainly for IPAs. But Coronas and this hot sun with a little lime and salt, I mean, it's not bad. It does its justice. It does what it needs to do. It's refreshing. <laughs> good good to hear. As long as it's extra, Corona extra, none of that light business. What? No, you, look, I got I to gotta keep my weight down. So it's not the light, but it's the Corona Rita, so they're just the smaller bottles of the Corona extra. Fair. <laughs> I, I can accept, I can accept that the taste is still somewhat there. Exactly, and it comes in a bigger box for the same price. You get like thirty six for the same price of like a tw- twelve pack of the regular. So bam, All worth right. a buck. All right. I can handle that. <laughs> well, Zach, I, I I'm having you on not to talk about beer or coffees, but to talk about some sports. And like I said in in, in the front of the show, you have one of the best up and coming podcast that I think is like really coming to the forefront now called the four seasons podcast with you, with you and your co-host. Um, I, I mean, first off, let, let, let's just talk about some hoops and we'll start talking about the podcast a little bit later, but summer league just happened. Um, 
you know, Portland wins. Lakers have the MVP of Summer League in Josh Hart, which I think was definitely granted to him, although I think Colin Sexton should have gave him a little bit more run for his money. I think he should have been in the conversation a little bit more, but it's just Summer League MVP. It really doesn't matter. Let me ask you this, yeah. Zach. First question overall. What was your biggest takeaway from Summer League, if anything at all? Yeah, honestly, uh, I've talked a lot about Summer League recently, and I can I love it. I personally watch basically every game. Um, just treated it as as business per usual. Um, honestly, I love how it's growing every year. Nobody nobody's really talking about the growth of the event it's becoming. Um, just bringing everybody together and the drama that goes on around it. Um, whether it's um, LeBron showing up or GMs talking trades behind the scenes, um, that, that always brings the best out. I, I think it just adds to the aroma of what summer league is becoming. Um, but as for the play on the court, I kind of like that we're, we saw back-to-back um, finals appearances from, from the Lakers in Portland. Uh, play on the court-wise, I don't necessarily ever judge you if you have a bad summer league because guys like Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, those are always my two um, points of contact I go to. Like, they, they didn't have a great summer league. So I, I give you props, though, if you do have a great summer league. So your stock can boost, in my opinion, if you do have a great summer league. Um, just I, I never really discredit you if you don't have a great one. For me, it's if you're a second-year player – and you're struggling in summer league, I worry about you. If second you're, year, yeah, if I you're, 100% agree. If you're a second-year player and you're struggling, there's a problem because you've had a year now in the league. Uh, you you should be at least – I'm not saying you need to go out there and explode like a Josh Hart did, but you need to make an impact. And, like you know, if, if we're going to look at the Kings here since this is a Kings podcast, and we're going to cover mostly the NBA on this show just so everybody knows, um, I mean – Justin Jackson, you know, he, he improved that, that first game at the California Classic. No one was really excited about him this summer. They're like, okay, this guy can't play. And then he goes out and starts shooting like crazy and starts making a ton of baskets. So I agree with you. I think if you're a rookie, uh, it's mainly just a point to say, hey, this is why they chose me, especially if you're a first-round pick in the top 10 and the top 14 in the lottery. And you're coming out there, you're coming to just to show, like, hey, this is the talent that I have. Maybe I'm not playing up to par at times, but at least you're seeing some potential. I think you could say that a lot about like a guy like Trey Young, uh, a guy like Marvin Bagley, yep. who who showed potential certain in certain places. But it's also a time for for players that maybe were not talked about enough to come out and explode. And I think a guy like Kevin Knox, who was talked about a little bit because he was booed, but leading up to that draft, I don't think he was talked about enough. And now when you talk to people, he, he's one of the main people that you hear about after Summer League. A guy like Wendell Carter, who came out there, and again, I think he was the best big uh, in Summer League, and and rightfully so. He put up numbers, and you're seeing an Al Horford type of potential, and I'm excited to see what he's going to mm-hmm. do. In, excited to see what he can do in Chicago. But uh, let me ask you this, Zach. With... So much going on in Summer League, and, and, and you're right. I think that Summer League has exploded, uh, especially now with the, with Sacramento having that California Classic and Adam Silver basically saying, hey, we might expand on that too just to give us more basketball. Do you think that, do you think that th- there may be a time where, I don't know, the, the, they, they talked about it before, they may start adding in a separate tournament within the summer? with maybe just young guys because they're already doing it kind of with summer league. But I know they talked about it a few years ago, 
But with it, it's like with it, how big it's grown and how much people love basketball. Do you think that they they should add a separate type of tournament here, or do you think we have enough basketball as it is? Uh, personally, I think it's set up perfectly. Uh, the the break is needed for everybody right after summer league. I mean, a good month month and a half of the play like they have been doing is more than enough for me and I mean I, I never get sick of it but I love digesting um, and dissecting the offseason the free agency the trades um, you need time to be able to do that too and talk about how they're rebuilding and building these teams uh, yeah I, I definitely think they're going to think of any way they can to make money um, but I would just keep working on what they have in the summer league product honestly Keep let's focusing on that let's move on because I, I think i think everyone's harped on summer league enough i think we've passed the point to where <laughs> we, we don't really need to talk about these young guys we know what we know we've seen what we've seen i'm i, I really want to have you on to talk about this and that's off-season moves and let's just start off with a big one because i haven't got to talk about it with anybody on a podcast because when people hear me they just hear king stuff i'm ready to talk about it LeBron to the Lakers, are they an automatic contender for a title? Hell no. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I agree. Hell no, man. I agree. Anybody that's too hyped that goes right to contender with LeBron, I mean, if he was in the East, I'm telling you right now, bring him to any team, whether it's the Hawks, you name it, um, bottom of the barrel teams, they're an automatic contender. Yes, I agree to that statement. To the West, it's a completely different story. Um, I think home court's actually maybe going to matter for them, but it's only going to matter for these young guys. And, no, they're, they're really they're a pretty long ways away from being a contender, in my opinion. Uh, they might have, say if LeBron plays 70-plus um, games, they could be as high as the three or four seed. I just don't, I don't see that. I personally, my take is – I think LeBron should only, with this roster currently, I think LeBron should only play 50, 60 games until they actually have a contender there. Do you think that they're a top five seed in the Western Conference? Because I'll be honest with you, Zach, and this is not being me being a LeBron <laughs> hater or me being a Lakers hater. I just truly believe this Western Conference is stacked. And almost every team that was contending to get a playoff spot last year or made the playoffs last year either got better or stayed the same. And looking at the Lakers, they added Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, and JaVale McGee after adding LeBron James, which I don't see those moves as smart moves. And I don't see those players as making true impacts in winning, especially in the Western Conference. So right now, currently, I have them as the seventh seed right now. Which is pretty crazy. So, let me ask you this. So, you think they're the seventh seed based on what their record will be, or you think they're the seventh, like, best team when they're at their full potential this year? I say when the record is said and done and they're at their full potential, so a mixture of both, they're wow. only the seventh seed. Wow, that, that's, too, that's a little hot for me, man. So, <laughs> I, I, I'm okay with them being the seventh seed if that's what you have them at, like, I might right now. I probably have them at about the fifth seed or six, probably six, honestly. Um, but that's just based on record. I do. I think at their full potential because I love this young core. I think Lonzo and Ingram are both going to take huge jumps this year. I think Josh Hart will take a huge jump. Um, but I don't necessarily like the additions they made. 
I don't think they're a contender by any means, but I think they could be uh, the third third best team in the West when they're at their absolute best or fourth best team. Um, I mean, basically solely off LeBron. Um, looking over their yeah, roster. I mean, looking over their roster, Zach. Let me see. So you have uh, what is LeBron the four automatically? Because I mean, look at the starting. You're gonna go with Lonzo or Rondo. Uh, depending on the health, but I'm pretty sure Lonzo's going to be ready from all reports that I've read. Yeah, they got to start. They got KCP at the two. That's why they brought him back. <clears throat> you got Ingram at the three. Uh, LeBron at the four with JaVale McGee as your starting five now that Brooke Lopez is gone. You're you're starting the season with JaVale McGee as your starting center. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, <sighs> but it, I it, am. It, it's not a good thing either. You know, he, he's He's shown that he can put up stats – uh, on the Warriors when when needed in his 15 minutes, but that that's not good. I mean, like I, I, in the West, where you have like let's just go with a bottom seeded team. That, actually, let's go with the team that didn't make the playoffs, and I fully expect them to be a top five seed this year in the Denver Nuggets. You got Jokic, Paul Millsap, Will Barton, Jamal Murray, and Gary Harris. That's and that's You're a potential A seed right there for last year in the West. You're forgetting. You're forgetting my guy, and I mean, it could be if he's at his best or second best player, Isaiah Thomas. I don't even want to mention him because he's coming off. The, he's the sixth man. I'm just looking at the straight starters. That's ridiculous. Right. And then, and then, you if you want to go down the bench, off the bench, you have either Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson. I mean, no offense, but I don't really like that. Josh Hart, I like. That's nice. He he's a nice piece, but not better than a healthy Isaiah Thomas, who was what third in the running for uh, MVP like three seasons ago, two three seasons mm-hmm. ago. I mean, that was a team that was battling, and on the last day didn't make it to the eighth seed in the West. Even a team like Minnesota is stacked with talent when you got Towns and Jimmy Butler and Jeff Teague and Wiggins. I mean, every team in the West is stacked, especially in their starting five, I mean, away from the Kings. Where, I mean, I don't don't see how they make it into the top five. I mean, I I see them at their full potential as a seventh seed right now. And I'm never betting against LeBron to not make the playoffs, but it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a definite fight for them to make it. And I don't know if I fully believe in just these young guys are going to improve because LeBron is there. And that means they're going to, you know, be a contender right away. Because I keep hearing that, that they're a contender in the West to make it to at least the Western Conference Finals. That No one's saying right. they're no, going to I, beat the I, Warriors. I hear but. that as well. So I don't think they're getting better just because of LeBron. First of all, I think LeBron is honestly. Maybe going to L.A. and having um, guys with way more potential around him, he might be able to get back to making players better. But I'm a firm believer uh, LeBron, the last couple of years, haven't really made players around him better. He's past that in his career right now. Um, He's on a more selfish path right now. Um, But with that, I mean, do you not believe in Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball to get much better? Because I I really like them, and I think they, they will get much better, and I'm a firm believer in Luke Walton and his player development. I'll say that I, I am in love with Brandon Ingram. The fact that he averaged 16 points last year and shot 39% from three and 47% from the field is awesome. Yeah. The problem is... Unreal. The problem is, is he shot 62% from the free throw line his first year and then only bumped it up to 68% last year. Maybe he gets that up to 73. You know, that'd be nice. But still, that's not even 80% yeah, free throw shooter. That, that's a problem. Is he going to just – and on, honestly, that 39% from three-point range is only on two attempts per game. Lonzo Ball, I like Lonzo Ball's potential. I fear 
that Rondo and Lance Stevenson are going to be a problem for him. And only just due to the fact I'm, – I'm not saying that he's not a strong player. I just feel that Rondo is a better version of what he is right now. Uh, just because he, he, he the basketball IQ that Rondo has, the fact that he has the experience, and the fact that you know LeBron asked for – that he said he needed someone smarter on the floor. Rondo makes sense, and he had a great year for the Pelicans last year. He's he's a playoff uh, he's a playoff guy, defensive former defensive player of the year. He makes sense. Lance Stevenson though, he's just Lance Stevenson. He's Lance that makes you dance, Stevenson. I I, I don't know what else I, you can say. Just say his name. <laughs> and you know what? I want like this is my real question. Do you think when he saw LeBron and he said, "Hey, LeBron, we're on the same team," did he blow on his fingers before you shook his hand? Like I just I just, <laughs> just to say hello. I, don't I love it. I love it. I bet he did. I bet he probably licked him, and then he spit on him, and then he's like, "Let's do this thing." I just, I just, I just don't believe. I just don't believe in their bench. I don't believe in their depth, and I think that you need at least an, a a solid eight to nine man rotation for this team. And I don't believe in the shooting on this team. I think they they lost. I think they should have brought. If if LeBron is there, they should have brought back Brook Lopez. Uh, they needed that shooting. And I, I don't know if Ingram's going to be that shooter. I like Josh Hart. I like KCP. But Lonzo couldn't shoot. Uh, Ingram only took two threes per game. And yeah, well, there was all 39%. But we need to see him take more than that, especially with LeBron having the ball in his hands. Are they going to be knockdown shooters? Rajon Rondo's not a knockdown, down, a knockdown shooter from three. I mean, the players around him need to make sense. And right now, it just seems like it doesn't. And it's going to be a lot. I right. feel like you're going to see like a lot of mid-range, a lot of speed up and down. I could be wrong. But like I said... At full potential, I only see them as the seventh seed. As the and and hey, that, that's just me. You're sleeping. You're sleeping on my boy Steve Mikhailu and Mo Wagner. I I think they like they're better options than Lance and Zubac, uh, in my opinion. Uh, you put those four two in there: Adam to Kuzma, Hart and Rondo. I mean. That's I not forgot a bad about Kuz. In my Kuz is nice. I forgot about Kuz. That's another thing. Kuzma's got to get minutes. Is he going to get minutes at the three or the four? Like, are we going to see LeBron at the five? I feel like we're going to have to see that with this young roster because they have so much talent on the wing. Well, like they're going to try and, as much as possible. They got it. They have no options. I mean, I, it's it's just going to it's going to be an interesting team to watch. Let's move on to a different team. I think we spent enough on. We can we can go a full hour talking about LeBron and the Lakers and how good they can be. Let's talk oh, about yeah. an, another big move that happened. Uh, and I'm 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 gonna save the 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 move that I think you guys think we're gonna talk about for last, just because it just recently <laughs> happened. But let's talk about Paul George staying in OKC, and now OKC trading away Carmelo Anthony to the Atlanta Hawks and getting back Dennis Schroeder. Their roster, as constructed, did it get better now that they've gotten rid of Melo, or is it? Or do you still have them as the same? Like maybe they're a top six seed, and they're like right there because now they need a three. I mean, or they need. I guess they move. They need a, a stretch four because I don't believe in Patrick Patterson. And I'm. I mean, I like Jeremy Grant as a bench guy, but I mean, where 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 are you with with the Oklahoma City Thunder right now with their current roster? So call me crazy, uh, but I personally they acquired a lot of talent and guys i mean they got a little more people are blaming them not a lot of shooting but i think their shooting's gonna come back and even be better with mellow departure and this is this is why i think this i mean mellow going there i thought they were gonna i thought billy donovan was gonna implement more of an offense last year i believed in it um just not to the extreme of being like the second best team or like some people thought 
Um, I thought they could be as high as three, and they were close to that as the three seed. Um, it was a shocking first round exit for me because they were just really inconsistent all year, up and down, whatnot. But Melo was the biggest reason why they never met their full potential last year, and the number two reason was Billy Donovan. But um, I think with getting rid of Melo, I think we're I'm going to give Billy Donovan one more chance to see what kind of offense he can implement with the guys he has. And um, I really think Russ and Paul George are the perfect fit together. I really do because Paul doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective at all whatsoever. Uh, but the moves they made, they got a lot more talent. I was surprised Dennis Schroeder um, decided to take a six-man role, a backup point guard spot. I like that a lot. He's going to add a lot of energy, uh, defense, and another scoring option, honestly. Uh, and just talent in case somebody gets hurt, but he can win. He can definitely help lead to wins, but Nerland's Noel, he's got a ton of upside. Um, TLC, I, I really think he can become a good shooter um, next to Abrinas as well. Uh, don't sleep on Raymond Felton being like a solid ninth, 10th man. He had a good year last year. And then Patrick Patterson, I obviously believe in him more than you do. What? Um, but I think he, I think he's going to have a bounce back here. I really do. I think, because Melo's gone, I think he's going to have a better fit in this system. What, and what, what, what's a better fit to you for Patterson? Like, what, what, what are you? What's, what's what's a what's a bounce back year for you? Is it double digits in scoring? Is it was it thirty nine from three? Thirty nine percent from three. Let me bring last year up real quick. Because, like, for me, uh, and actually, while you're looking that up, like for me, I thought one player that they should have got in this deal, and they should have moved someone else to the Sixers. I thought they should have got Mike Muscala. I thought Muscala in that starting five where you have a Westbrook, Roberson, Paul George, Mike Muscala, and Steven Adams, that would have been a very good lineup. And then off the bench you have a Nerlens Noel, a Dennis Schroeder, an Alex Abrines, that's, and Jeremy Grant. That's a solid roster right there. But they, they missed out on a stretch four. I, I, I think they agree with you. I think they believe in Patrick Patterson. I've just seen enough of Patrick Patterson. I've seen him here in Sacramento where he didn't shoot the ball well. I've seen him in Toronto where he had that one, like, good few moments, and then it, it, the shot went away, and then I saw what he's done in OKC, and it's been eh. So I, I, I just can't be, really believe in what so, he can bring. Yeah, yeah. No, so I, I knew he shot good last year. I didn't know he really shot great. He just His opportunity went down. Um, he was out of whack. And even though his, he shot 39% from three, let's start off with that. Right. But his minutes went way down. It was the first year he's ever played 82 games in his career. And he only got, he had the least amount of minutes in his entire career. And he's had a long career. So it was like a culture shock to him. It really was. Um, I know they sold him when he went there on a much bigger role. I mean, he only averaged 15.5 minutes. Uh, in order for him to be effective and uh, feel get a good fit in the system, I think he needs at least 20. I really do. Um, and Toronto, in his best years, he was, I mean, right around 25 minutes a game. Uh, do I think he'll get that? No, because Jeremy Grant is just going to get better and better. I, I like him. I just, not necessarily as a shooter, but uh, I like what everything else he brings to the table. Yeah, I, I, I like their roster. I just feel like they're missing that real stretch four. I thought they, I thought Mike Muscala, when I heard he was in the deal, I thought, oh, right. he's going to OKC. 
That is a solid addition. And don't get me wrong, I like Luwabu Caparo. I think there's a lot of potential there that no one really knows about him yet because he didn't get a ton of minutes. But when he did, at times, he looked nice. Other times, he looked quiet. He would disappear. But if he can knock down three-point shots and use and learn how to use his width and kind of – I think Paul George working with him would make him a better player for sure. And I still like Terrence Ferguson. I think Ferguson's going to be a nice player on the wing too going into, what, I think his second year now. I I like the potential. Yep. I like some of their young players. I just feel that a stretch four was definitely needed, especially now that you've lost a guy in Carmelo Anthony where, yes, he wasn't great last year, but he still needed to be respected while on the court because he couldn't be left open. You couldn't let him do ISO plays because you know he's Carmelo Anthony. He still carries some weight with his name, although now a little bit of it, it may be tainted because of the one bad year and now just being bought out. And we're going to see how good he does in Houston uh, once, he, once he signs there, which – is a good segue into our next team, which is the Houston Rockets, who have had themselves a, I would say, a disappointing offseason after, you know, one game away from being uh, beating the champs and the Golden State Warriors. They still have not re-signed Clint Capella, although everyone fully expects that to happen. Um, they lose Trevor Ariza to the Phoenix Suns, who I think are going to make a big jump this year. And now they're... They're waiting for Carmelo, which I don't know if that's a good move or not. I'm overall with the Houston Rockets. Are they the same, or did they get worse this summer? So they they definitely got worse. Um, it was a huge deal losing Trevor Ariza. Um, but honestly, if they get Carmelo, which I I put a lot of money on, they do. Um, I'll be absolutely shocked if he doesn't go there. Uh, I think they're going to be just as good, if not better. Uh, I, I think Melo's going to have a rejuvenation year because Chris Paul and James Harden are way more unselfish than Russell Westbrook. That's true. Uh, and they, even as much as isolation as they are, Melo can fit in that system. They were one of the best isolation teams of all time. Like, those two dominated the ball so much in isolation, and it just worked out. Why not add another? Melo needs to be more efficient, though. So that's why... If he's not efficient, it's not a bounce back year by any means. He, I mean, he definitely – the reason why that system can work so much because those guys were so great uh, and were so efficient throughout the year. That's why it was historical. Um, but until they sign Mello, James Ennis, really, I mean, that's the best replacement they could get. I mean, not a terrible addition, but I'd definitely rather have the two guys they lost over James Ennis. Yes, yeah, and even a Luke Mbamute. I mean, like you, you lose him, to, and he goes back to the Clippers. I mean that that it. I mean, someone who's still sitting out there too in free agency land, who I think could be a good fit for them, Nick Young. I think that that's a player that you might hear. I know Houston has interest in him. Uh, you might hear his name start coming up after they sign Melo. Another player is Corey Brewer. They he, they he might find himself back in a Houston jersey. Um, I. I, I, they need someone defensively because Carmelo at the three or even at the four, I just don't – I don't know who he's stopping. Defensively last year he was bad. Offensively last year he was bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think offensively he's going to be rejuvenated. He's playing with his best friend in Chris Paul. He's playing with a guy in James Harden who is the MVP. Uh, definitely unselfish, you know, one of the league leaders in assists. I just – the Houston Rockets were just one of the – most dominant defensive teams last year. They shut teams down defensively at times. And now you've lost one of your key defenders right there on the wing, and you're still waiting 
for Clint Capella. It's not like you got him right now. You're still waiting. And he's asking for, you know, a Steven Adams type of contract where he's making over $100 million. He wants a max deal. And I'll, the Kings might offer that to him. I don't think it's going to happen, but they might. It's really just a cat and mouse game right now. I fully expect him to be there. It's just the fact that they're waiting. They're waiting it out, and you still don't know what this roster is going to be. And this was the number one seed in the West last year. They're one game away from beating the Golden State Warriors. It, it's it's just been a disappointing offseason for the Houston Rockets, in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, the Rockets the Rockets are something special. When you have James Harden and Chris Paul, you have Daryl Morey who's willing to take risks. Um, you, you never know what could happen with them, and I, I'm excited to see what they're going to be. Uh, let's go. Let's go do ahead. You, and mo- do you, go ahead. Real quick, do you think they should max out Clint Capella? I feel if I feel they should. I'll just put it like that. I feel that James Harden is going to be a franchise player. I mean, for as long as possible, they're not moving on from him anytime soon. He and Capella, that one-two punch on that pick and roll and lob and the rim running and the defense that he brings. He's 100% maxable, for, especially for that team. The only problem is, is that he's not a max player on a lot of different teams. It's like, Because of what the center position is now. You look at a guy in Carl Anthony Towns, a guy in Anthony Davis, even a guy in like Julius Randle if you want to go like a lower tier. Centers are beginning to shoot. Centers are beginning to handle the basketball. And Clint Capella can't really do that yet. Although, but he, he's one of the best defensive bigs that you'll, you'll have down there in the post. And... He can jump out of the building and and catch lobs. He's just the perfect fit. So, right. fit wise, I think you have to he, max him out. He fits perfectly in that system. I, I like what Houston's doing, waiting as long as they can get the milk that deal as long as they can because there's not really a bidding war. It seems like going on. I do think Sacramento should step in and um, they need a guy like him. <laughs> They need defense very, very badly. I was surprised they didn't make a move at Marcus Smart at all. Yeah. Um, but if I'm Houston, I'm, I'm sticking around that 80-85 range. I'm not going all the way any higher than that. Uh, why would you if nobody's bidding against you? The only, um, the only problem I see with the Kings making that offer, and they have the cap space now to make that offer. They traded away uh, Garrett Temple and brought back in Ben McLemore and Deontay Davis and got another 1.5 million in cap space or 1.2 million in cap space, putting them up to the 20 million uh, 20 million mark right now uh, in cap space, and that means they can offer the max to Clint Capella if they they really wanted to. Uh, I just with so many bigs already on the roster, they got six bigs, seven if you count Davis. I think now, I mm-hmm. I don't know if they're really gonna do that. And say, you know what, we're going to also bring in Clint Capella. Now, I will say that I do believe the Kings are going to be making a trade here very soon. I, I And very soon, I should just say soon. I'm not going to say very soon. I think the Kings are going to make a trade here soon. I think a deal is going to involve a Willie Cauley-Stein. And I think that it's going to be a deal for a wing. I I thought it was going to be with Phoenix. Like I, like, I really thought a deal with Phoenix could happen. Because it makes sense. I mean, they have so, they have so many wings. The Kings have so many centers. Let's find a way to make something work. And maybe a TJ Warren becomes expendable to them. Uh, but that's that. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. They got DeAndre Ayton. They just traded for Rashawn Holmes today with the Sixers for cash. And you know they still got Tyson Chandler on the roster. So now they got three bigs that are yep. very usable big men. I don't think they need a Willie right. Stein anymore. I don't. I don't think they need a big man. So now it now it becomes a hunt. Um, I don't. Maybe there's a Kelly Oubre trade out there. 
but I, I'm not I'm not I'm not 100 sold on what they're gonna do. I just know that a trade could happen soon, and I, and I'll just say with that. So that's why I just, I just don't think you know Clint Capella is someone that they're going to max out. But at the same time, you could you can do an addition by subtraction. Like you're adding talent and you're like taking away big talent from the number one seed last year and now having them work with whatever they need to work with to fill that void. And so I, I it's going to be interesting. It's, it's, this is going to, this has been an interesting summer as it is. It's going to continue to stay interesting. Right. And uh, yeah, let's move on. Kawhi Leonard has been traded from the San Antonio Spurs and now he is in Toronto. Boom. That, that's like the craziest thing that's happened. I don't care about LeBron going to L.A. This is the craziest thing that's happened because the Spurs are the ideal franchise, right? Like, they're they're the model. They're yep. the ones that everyone wanted to copy. Now now the Warriors are everything that wants to copy. But the Spurs, they're the organization, the business model that they, they, they show. It seems like it's starting to have some flaws as of late. They had a year ago. It was LaMarcus Aldridge wanted to be traded. They talked with him. They utilized him. You know, they figured that out. But then now it's Kawhi's having problem, and now he's gone, and he was the franchise player. Now you bring in DeMar DeRozan in that trade. Uh, I, I'll i say this. I, I, I don't mind the deal on both sides. I think for Toronto, it was 100% makes sense. That's a deal you do 10 times out of 10. For the Spurs, I would make that deal 8 times out of 10. Like I, I, I give the edge to Toronto just because they have the young right. players to do the rebuild. With the Spurs, it's probably the best package you were gonna get, and I, I, it make it makes sense. I just don't know what they're gonna. I, I don't, I don't know what they do without like I don't, I don't see Demar Derozan as a franchise player anymore. Like I think he's a player that keeps you competitive. But I don't see him as a number one option. This guy's getting you to the playoffs. This guy makes you a contender, especially in the Western Conference. What are your thoughts on the Spurs post Kawhi trade? Yeah, so the Spurs got. I think they got better. I mean, they obviously did because Kawhi didn't play last year. True. Um, but true. they also. I mean, Jakob Pertl. I th- I really like him. I think he's going to become a valuable player. He might even become good enough to be a starting center in this league, especially under Popovich. If anybody's going to maximize both their potential, it's going to be Pop. And uh, DeMar DeRozan, I think he's got another notch on defense, and his three-point shooting is just going to get better and better. He's already becoming a really good passer. Uh, I think, say what you want, boring, unconventional basketball with LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan, I like it. Does it make him a contender? No. Um, But... Does it put them up a notch from um, where they were? Absolutely. I think they could be a second round and even, shoot, I don't know, depending on how good Lonnie Walker is, Derek White, um, not this year, but the year after. I think Marcus Aldridge only has two like great years left or two good years left. I think he might even start declining um, the end of this year. I don't know. I think he's got one more great year at least. Um, and that's the biggest question mark for me. But I think DeMar DeRozan is going to go up one notch. He's pissed off. He, he didn't like to get traded there. So he was the heart of I, Toronto. I, I'm torn. He was the heart of Toronto. Well, that, I would, I, if, I, if I was him, I'd yeah. be pissed too. He was the heart of Toronto. That guy, that guy was for the sure. only guy in franchise history that 
not only wanted to be there, but represented Toronto in a way that no other franchise player there mm-hmm. has. Not Chris Bosh, not Vince Carter. Vince Carter was more like after he left and he realized the love that he had in Toronto. That's where it, yeah. that's where it is. But he's the only guy, at least that I know of, and I could be wrong. He's the only guy I know that wanted to be in Toronto. Signed there twice, I believe, for free agency wise. Like he wanted to stay there and represented himself very well. So I mean, I I I I love Toronto. I love Toronto DeRozan. It just sucks that he had to be the one that that had to leave. But it's a business, you know what I mean? Right. No, I couldn't agree more with anything you're saying. We're on the same page there. Um, I think the Spurs are probably going to win. I think they won 47 last year. I think they're going to win about 50 games, uh, maybe 52 max. Uh, but with that, I mean, I think they can for sure get to the second round, which is better than last year. Maybe somebody gets hurt and they might have a chance at the uh, Western Conference Finals. Um, that, that's my thoughts. They might have another deal in place. I don't know what Paul Gasol has left in his tank. I mean, that's a big one for me. But, yeah, we'll see how good these rookies are. I mean, how good do you see them being? I see them as a three seed. Like, I, I, don't, I, I, I think they're wow. – that's, that's what I'm saying. I think that they're, they're – eight out of ten times you make that move. Like you said, they won 47 games last year without Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard appeared in, what, six games? Without Kawhi Leonard, they won 47. Now they, they retained Rudy Gay. They got DeMar DeRozan at the two. They still have another year with DeJounte Murray, who I think is going to be a stud. I love DeJounte Murray's potential. Mm-hmm. They, yep. got, they got LaMarcus Aldridge, who I think is going to have a another big year. I think a lot more offensive touches for him this year, more than there was last year, and he already had enough touches last year. Oh, wow. I think he's going to see a lot. Him and DeRozan are going to be that one-two punch for sure. And then also, I agree with you. I think Pirtle is going to be the starter. I think I think Port. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing the letter. Jakob Pertle. I can never pronounce his name. Yep. I can never could. There you go. Uh, I, I feel like he's going to he's gonna take that start. I think he's going to be the starter. Remember how Tiago Splitter had those great years yep. with San Antonio? Pertle's going to be that same exact person, and I'm excited to see what he becomes. Their starting five is nice. Patty Mills off the bench with Pau Gasol is nice. Is Manu Ginobili going to mm-hmm. be anything? Probably not, but it, it's still... Uh, did, he, did he actually even resign? I'm not 100% sure if he even resigned yet. But I, I feel like they... No, they, they have Paul Gasol. Uh, no, uh, Manu. Did they, did they resign Manu? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Okay, so so Manu's there. I mean, they, they got... I, I, I like uh, Forbes. I think Forbes is nice. I think they have nice young players, but their core, their core, their starting five, it's solid. They're, they have seven solid mm-hmm. players. And, and Lonnie Walker, while the injury concerns kind of scare me, he got injured in Summer League too. I love this kid's potential. Defensively, offensively, I love what the, what Lonnie Walker can bring to this team. They might have found another gem in the draft, late in the draft. Uh, I, 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 I hey, f- Be- go ahead. Bellinelli, Bellinelli had a hell of a shooting year last year. I mean, he was big, like really clutch, big moments for Philly. Uh, Davis Bertans was a great re-signing. Yep. And I just looked it up, man. Manage Ginobili still under contract for two more years. <laughs> Is that, but there's a team option on one of those years, though, right? Or team or player option or something like that? Because he's he's he was contemplating retirement, so they are like kind of keeping him in that area. Anyways, you're right though. They have a solid they have a solid little roster. I and especially with 
And I, I say a little roster because I, I, that was lightweight, bel- lightweight belittling them, and I don't want to do that. So they have a solid roster put together right here with veterans and young players. And I am in love with a lot of their young players, especially DeJounte Murray, especially with Jakob Hurdle. I think they're still a three seed. You said they won 47 games last year. I, I have them at 53 to 55 wins. And I, I think DeRozan wow. makes that type of impact. You said he's going to play with aggression. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm cool so. with that. I think they can be a three seed. Cool with that. I can handle it. Let's go to the Toronto side. Toronto is still an interesting team. They they didn't give up their bench. They have a they had the one of the best. They had the best bench last year, and they got to keep it intact away from Pirtle. Uh Now they had Kawhi Leonard. They they have OG Ananobi. They got a shooter in Danny Green, who some people love, some people don't like. Uh, are they? Are they a true contender in the East? I mean, everyone's a true contender in the East, but are they a true contender with the Celtics <laughs> of the East? So I, I personally believe there's six teams um, that have a shot at the Eastern Conference Finals, um, obviously Toronto being one of them. Uh, but to be a true contender to come out of it, right now I, won't, I only have um, Boston and Philly to be the teams that come out of there. But I need to see what Kawhi Leonard – I mean, he's missed a long time, and he was not good at all last year when he did come back. So if he can get back to where he was two years ago, if he can get back to that level, absolutely they're a contender. They, they definitely got much better. If he's Kawhi Leonard, the third-best player in the league, who I thought he was at the time, um, Danny Green was a big addition as well. I mean, their defense got even better. I think OG is going to take a huge step. Fred Van Vliet and DeLon Wright are going to take another one. Um, I, I like them, man. I really do. I think uh, they could be back for a top three seed and a deep run. Hot take. Not really that hot. Uh, in Where the, are you at? In the Eastern Conference Finals, it will be the Toronto Raptors versus the Boston Celtics. It will, be, it will go down to a seven-game series. And in that seven-game series... Toronto will lose by five points, and then t- Kawhi stays in Toronto. Bam, oh. it happens. So, is, <laughs> what do you what do you think they would need to? That's not that high. I think you got better than that, man. I think you can bring a little more flame than that. I thought I already but, I already brought the flames with Lakers being the seventh seed. I thought that was the that was the hot take. That was that was pretty hot. Yeah, you brought it early. You brought it early and often. So. Tell me this: What what do they need to do in order for Kawhi to come back another year? My my thoughts are, if uh, they make the Eastern Conference Finals, he for sure comes back, no doubt. Um, but if they make the second round, they have a great regular season. They're competitive in the second round. Kawhi enjoys his teammates. They have a good year, and I think he'll put up with the cold a while longer. I think that's all it would take. I think it takes. For sure, 100%, it takes a good regular season. Like, they have to be a top three seed, which in the East is not going to be that bad. Uh, he needs to make the Eastern Conference Finals. He knows what success oh, is wow. like. It's not like. It's not like he's going to a team, or it's not like he, 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 he left a team that wasn't successful. He's been in success. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not as if success was, uh, was something that he was you know, chasing. He's already, he was already on a team that was going to make him successful. So he needs to at least know that he's going to a team that's going to compete 100%. I also think he's going to realize that the Eastern Conference is way easier than the Western Conference. Oh, yeah. 
And I also think he needs to feel the love from Toronto. Because as of right now, people like Kawhi Leonard. What they don't like is that they already heard that he wants to leave. He's just going to treat it professionally, blah, 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 blah. It's going to come down to a couple things for me. One, of course, the regular season. Two, they need to make the Eastern Conference Final and be competitive in that Eastern Conference Finals. Game seven, really. And I I mean, it's going to come down to that. And then I also think it's going to come down to how good is Kyle Lowry going to be a teammate as a teammate? Because remember, Kyle Lowry didn't talk for a long period of time with him and him and DeRozan at one point didn't really even like each other. And now they FaceTime each other. So it's going to come down to Kyle Lowry being able to open up and be a good teammate and not have that wall there. And also it's going to come down to the city. And by the city, I mean, Drake showing him around uh, Toronto, giving him that love. He's going to, he's going to need to feel that Toronto is a big time market, which it's starting to become like around NBA people. Toronto is a big, big city like it's like the top three city to go to if he feels that i i i I think that it's going to be that he needs to feel those three things competitive in the he needs those three things competitive in the regular season eastern conference and potentially even like winning it or game sevens for him uh in the in the playoffs and then getting love from drake kyle lowry in the city like it's going to come down to those things and if he gets that he'll stay I, i think there's a good chance he stays but at the same time, we so don't any, know because he never talks. Any chance you think Kyle Lowry gets traded? I, I've heard, I've heard plenty of it. Just blow it up, bringing somebody else for maybe even a different position, and then Fred VanVleet starts. I think that if there's any team that will look at, let me look up the con. What's Kyle Lowry's contract? Do you know off the top of your head, by chance? Yeah, it's big. It's big. Thirty mil. No, but how many more years are left? Two. Oh, it's it's short. Yeah, one more year after this. One more year after. Look, this is the deal I'm making. If I'm if I'm Toronto, it looks like this team's already trying to uh, do a rebuild, especially with some of the moves that they've made this summer. I'm trying to do everything I can to get a Kemba Walker. I think I, I if you can Love that. if you can try and get Kyle Lowry. The only problem is the Toronto's best assets are its young players, and you those young players make up a lot of their bench, and you can't get rid of that bench. Without, or you can't get any good players without giving up some of that bench, whether it's a Pascal Siakam who probably is starting, it's or Fred VanVleet who just resigned. I mean, it's hard to see them making a deal for a guy Kemba who, you know, everyone knows like they're not shopping him around, but they're listening to offers and they're they're open to offers in Charlotte. That could be a move that's made, but I I don't know if they're gonna make any big moves that would take away from if Kawhi leaves are we able to still rebuild with this young core with cap space and all that stuff because that's what they're looking to do if Kawhi leaves their young core is their rebuild and the reason why I say Kemba is because Kemba I believe only has one more year on his deal and he becomes a free agent in 2019 which then makes sense to bring him on basically a swap and then Charlotte only has to deal with one more year of you know Kyle Lowry, which still keeps them kind of competitive in the Eastern Conference. So I think Kemba would be yep. the move, but there's just I just I just don't think it's actually going to happen until February at the trade deadline, if at all. Fair. Um, I also think if they're not looking like they're going to be a top team in the East, they might end up having to move Kawhi. Um, but this off season, I. Masai shocked me enough in two moves this off season already, firing Dwayne Casey, and now this. 
Um, it would shock me to, for him to go all in and try to get Kyle Lowry out of there. The other guys I think I, I've heard and um, I feel like would work out well would be either like a Kevin Love, maybe a risk on Andrew Wiggins, or C.J. McCollum. What about – and I want to – I, 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 I'll just, what about Boston making a move? I feel like Boston's going to do something. They have so many young players. They still have those picks, and they have a – they have a golden ticket with holding the Kings pick this year. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like yeah. there there's something that's going to happen either before the season starts or at the trade deadline where Boston is going to do something that everyone goes, Danny Ainge did it again, and that's why they're going to be in the, in the finals next year. Because I, I, as much as I like their team, and I think their team is really good, they're either – they're either missing that center that you know everybody you know wants to have. I think Al Horford's a good center, but I think his his ideal position is the power forward spot. Or they're missing the stretch four, and they're having you know they're ha- they're having Horford at the five. But then that stretch four last year was like Marcus Morris. I feel like they're missing that one thing, and I love their young players, but that Kings pick can get them a lot. What is it though? <laughs> I mean. Is it a Kevin Love? It's, right. It's so interesting. I think that's another team that's going to be making a move that no one knows yet or even really thinking about. But it's there. It's just looming. From what I can tell, I don't think Kevin Love's value is even nearly remotely that high, like worthy of that Kings pick. I mean, I personally would. I still like Kevin Love a lot. I think it's worth that. But I don't see anybody coughing up a, I don't know, what top seven pick for that. Top I mean, they. Five. We say that now because we haven't seen Minnesota Kevin Love in such a long time. This year, we're going to see Minnesota right. Kevin Love again. 27 and 12. This guy's going to go off. All about it. I'm Hey, for fantasy players that listen to this show, because everyone knows I used to write about fantasy and talk fantasy hoops all the time, Kevin Love is going to be a like a early second-round pick next year. Like He's going to be so nice next year in Cleveland. Like People forget how good Minnesota Kevin Love was. That guy is so nice, and I love Colin guy. Sexton. He was the he was he was one. Oh yeah, you're a Minnesota guy. You're all about Minnesota sports. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's funny that we talked about coming that. Back. It all comes back around from our uh, off the record conversations. It's perfect. It's perfect. Full uh, circle. Let's look at the East a little bit longer before before we wrap it up here. Um, what team? What team in the East do you think is not getting enough love that should probably be in the conversation as someone that you're 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 looking at and you're like this team is going to be competitive this year and no one's really talking about it because for me it's i actually have two it's milwaukee and it's washington i think those two teams play with enough grit and have enough talent to where they're not getting mentioned enough because you have toronto you have boston and you have philly everyone's already slotted those guys in as they're 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 competing for the eastern conference finals it's it's up to them in the field and then the rest is just the field I, I feel Washington and Milwaukee are the two teams that no one's really talking about that are gonna that are gonna be effective with no LeBron in the yeah. Eastern Conference. So, I'm with you a hundred percent. So like I said from the beginning here, six teams have a great shot at making the Eastern Conference finals. Um, and both those teams are a part of it. The other one I'm gonna add is the Indiana Pacers. Uh, oh, no one's I think yeah, nobody's talking about them at all. And they just added Tyreek Evans. Solid. They added Aaron Holiday. And they added Doug McDermott. 
I think those are three key additions that going to really slide under the table, especially Tyreek Evans. I think he's going to have a killer year and should be starting next to Victor Oladipo. Uh, as for Washington and Milwaukee, yeah, nobody's talking about those teams. I personally think Milwaukee, I mean, just by the hiring, not the addition of Brooke Lopez, um, not their nice draft pick of Dante DiVincenzo, even though I love both those additions, and I think they make my case even more. But I think just the hiring of Mike Budenholzer, this is how high I am on him, I think he is good enough to bring that team to the Eastern Conference Finals. I He's going to turn them into a winner. 100% agree. And I love their addition of Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez finally gives them a, 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 a serviceable center, a more than serviceable center uh, on their roster and in, in their starting five. And it also gives more room for Giannis to be Giannis. Drive, yep. kick, Euro, bucket, foul, and one. I love Giannis Antetokounmpo. This is also – the, the crazy thing is, though, is that you – you know that they need help still. They need more players because it's it can't be Chris Middleton and Giannis. Because as much as I like Eric Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe is a trick-or-treat player. You never know what you're going to get on a night-to-night basis from Eric Bledsoe. You just know that his his effort will most likely be there on more nights than not. It's just he's still a trick or treat to me. He him and Kyle Lowry no, are, I'm with you. are in that same boat with me, and I, and I prefer Kyle Lowry over Bledsoe. But Chris Middleton is one of those players where you love Chris Middleton, you love what he can do, but could he bring you back something that is maybe a little bit better if you attach a first round to it? Is Brogdon going to make that big jump? There's still question marks with this roster for sure. I'm excited for them. I like Budenholzer. I think that what he brings to this team as a as a head coach is going to, you know, it's going to it's going to bring this franchise to a place that they haven't been in a long time. And that's why I think they're going to be competitive. But I, I think that they, they may be in the trade market come the February trade deadline. And it'll be interesting to see if Chris Middleton's name starts floating around out there. Because I think Chris Middleton is one of their best assets to, to trade and to get good good pieces back. With Washington, Man, Zach. I, I think Chris Middleton's too good and valuable. Like This team on paper is better than that 61 Atlanta Hawks team in my bet. I don't know. That 60-win Atlanta Hawks team was nice, though. They had Horford. They had Millsap. They had Schroeder. They had who, who? Jeff Teague. They had Kyle Korver. They had they had a squad. They had Damari Carroll. They, Four All-Stars. They had, a, they had a squad. I don't know if they were better than this, than this Milwaukee team. I love, that, I love that Atlanta Hawks team. That team was so gritty and nice. and uh, that, was, that was a good squad right there. Uh, with Washington, how... How good is Dwight Howard going to be? Are you are you are you are you I think he's gonna be, are are you think are you sold on he's going to have a rejuvenated season? I think he did it last year. I just think his game didn't. The team wasn't good enough for him to uh, transfer over to wins. I mean, he's just a he's a complimentary piece at this point in his career, and um, he's not going to carry you to the finish line, but he's going to help push you there. Absolutely, I. I don't think they're going to have any problems in the locker room. With I think Scott Brooks is going to take care of it all. I think if John Wall and Bradley Beal can make it this far without one of, one of them demanding a trade, throw in Dwight Howard. Let's have some fun. But I think if he's, if Dwight's as good as he was last year, these guys are right there in the mix as well. 
I love their team if Dwight Howard can be Dwight Howard of last year. Because you're, you're right. Dwight Howard had that rejuvenated year last year. Just the locker room stuff kind of got out, and that's why he got traded. And he's on his, what, fourth team in five seasons? Something like that. Yep. Uh, yeah. I I love Dwight Howard with John Wall. Like I love it. I feel like it's perfect. Gortat had great hands. He was one of the best screeners. It made sense because he can make those easy layups. If Dwight Howard does not demand the basketball on the post like he's tried to on all these other teams and just says, you know what, let me be your lob guy. Let me be your Clint Capella. Right. Let, let me be, you know, your screener and just turns back into not not necessarily Superman, but Superman's like shadow. Like that would be that would be a solid, solid pickup right there. And then you mix that together with what they've already had in talent with Markeith, Wall, Beal, and Porter, and Ubre off the bench. I mean, that is a nice team that needs to be considered more as a contender than they are right now. I really like the Washington Wizards. I've, I've been a, I've been a Washington Wizards fan for a little too long now. Um, <laughs> I'm sold on this being the best bench they've had in years. I mean, they had added Jeff Green and Austin Rivers. And then Troy Brown, I like as a draft pick. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, they picked up somebody else, too. Because, I mean, Ubre's there. Austin Rivers is there. Uh, Jeff Green is there at the three. They, didn't they have – who was their point guard off the bench last year that was really good? Thomas Sadoransky. Thomas, that, yeah. that guy is nice. That guy is nice. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you're right. This is one of their best – put Washington in that top four. They're the fourth. They're the three seed. I don't care. Uh, I I love, love this it. roster. I love this roster. I love Washington. I want them Tell to be this, good. Uh, this is my biggest question mark for them. I just I'm not sold on anybody on this team getting much better. I I really not like. Is John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter? Are they getting much better than they already are? Uh, I'm not sure if they're not maxed out yet. I mean, John Wall, I can see him getting a little more efficient. Uh, Bradley Beal, I don't see him becoming like a great defender overnight i, I i'm not i'm not sold so i'm gonna, banking on i'm banking on troy brown <laughs> troy brown's defense is going to be such a nice pick him he was so good in oregon i really like troy brown uh no i i think that this team is going to make a a jump defensively i think dwight howard bring gives them a jump defensively only because he's a bigger body and he's a better shot blocker than gortat like I just feel like he's gonna have that type of impact, yep. and and even with Bill's defensive problems, John Wall is a good defender at the one. You have Otto Porter on the wing as well, and then Mark Keith. You know everyone knows what Mark Keith can do defensively. His more of like a mind game on defense, but he also can move his feet pretty well. And you know, I I I they might not get better, but they might step their game up to another level. So what that what I mean by that is that you might not see them improve drastically but you're going to see the effort more on, on both sides because i think that that was the problem with a lot is they would get irritated with each other they would zoom in on the bench and you'd always see them talking amongst one another like looking frustrated or irritated especially last year with that back and forth between gortat and wall through the media that was a big issue i think this year as long as everyone can stay calm and everyone could you know could put up with one another which you know that's what you have to do on a team. As long as you're being teammates, you're good. And if they right. can come together, I I like what this roster has. I like what they built, and I, I'm excited to see what Washington. I'm a, I, again. I'm just a Wizards fan, man. I want them to be good. I don't know why. <laughs> it's probably just because John Wall is like one of my favorite point guards in the league. I just want him to be good. I like him. I'm a big John Wall guy. Do you think he? Where Where do you think he is in player rankings? And 
here's the second question is how good do you think this defense can get last year they were about dead middle of the pack at 15th I think they could become a top 10 top 12 defense I have them as like the 11th best defense right now like I think they're not going to be in the top 10 I think they're going to be I think the West's defense is there's a lot of teams out there that have both sides of the basketball I think you're going to see a lot of the top 10 made up of Western Conference teams I think Boston's defense is going to stay up there I think Indiana's defense is going to stay up there they could be a top 10. I have might have them just outside of it. Like I think you're right. Top 10, top 12 team right there. They're going to be in between that area. I, def- I definitely think they're going to make a jump this year. Because like you said, their bench is a lot better than what it was last year. Um, let, let me ask you this because we're, we're running short on time here. What's the team, East or West, that you think is going to surprise a lot of people? Well, I mean, we talked a lot about the Eastern Conference teams, but are you just asking for like the biggest jump? I think, and like record-wise, or yeah, just biggest jump record-wise that might like everyone's like, oh, okay, maybe they're maybe they they make the playoffs as an eighth seed, maybe they don't, but they're they're a team that you know what this team's gonna that you're gonna see something from this team. This is the team you're gonna want to have your eye on. Okay, I'm gonna go. Yeah, so I'm going to go. I think Detroit is going to be a for sure playoff team next year. Uh, they were the ninth last year, which only they were four games out, so quite a ways out, actually. Uh, but I think they're a for sure playoff team, seventh or eighth seed. That's going to be my team in the East. But in the West, I think Denver Nuggets can be as high as the three seed. Uh, Love I, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick them as my three seed, but I think they can be as high as the three seed. Um, I just I love what they have going, even though de- there's a lot of question marks on defense. So for my Western Conference team, it's the Phoenix Suns. I think the Phoenix Suns are a team that's going to surprise a lot of people. They have Devin Booker at the in two, what way? <laughs> in, in a way to where I think that they're going to be battling for that eighth seed. They might not get it. They might be <laughs> ninth, tenth. I tell, I, Zach, I know how much you like takes, bro. I'm coming in here hot on my NBA takes. I'm ready to go. Uh, I really, really like the Phoenix Suns roster. I, I, I'm excited to see what they're going to be. I'm really excited to see what they're going to be. They got Devin Booger. They got Josh Jackson. They got Trevor Ariza. They pried him away from the Houston Rockets. They got DeAndre Ayton. They got Rash- they got Rashawn Holmes. They got Marquise Chris. They have a studded roster i'm excited of this mix of young and bigs i think they're gonna make a jump more than people think they're gonna make that that player jump that you're like okay they're interesting they're fun they're gonna be they're gonna be that team for the east for the east i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do another one real quick real quick okay i need i need i need need your record prediction for the suns uh i agree they're the best young core out there i would I would choose their core over any core under 25, for sure, hands down. Uh, but that would be a historical jump if they went from 21 to, like, 40-plus competing for the A seed. Um, 21 wins last year. That's so little. Uh, I do think I, I'll, I'll put my number at about, I'd say, 34 right now. I mean, from well, how many wins did they have last year? I don't even remember. It was bad. 21. 21. You, you have them at 34? Dead last in the West. They were dead last. They are dead last in the West. And you have them at 34 wins? They're yeah, gonna, they can make the playoffs in two, three years, in my opinion. They're going to have 42 wins this year. 42. 21-win <laughs> <laughs> 20, jump. Or 20, 20, what, 27-win jump? That's a big jump. 
It's, it's gonna it's gonna be or not twenty one seventeen win jump. It's gonna be a big one. It's gonna be a big one. It's gonna it's gonna be one of those things where like wow, this team is fast and this team is good. You know who's gonna make the biggest jump this year on this team? The one everyone goes wow. He actually is good. He actually isn't just a problem. Marquise Chris, watch out. Marquise Chris is going to be an effective power great. forward. I like him. I like him. I think Josh Jackson will probably take the biggest jump on this team. Josh Jackson's already good. Um, I mean, I meant like as a player that right, I, that 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 everyone's starting to lose hope on. I think you actually did a show like you did a show just recently where you and your co-host, his name's Ryan, right? I just want to make sure I pronounce his name right. Yep. Yeah. So you and Ryan, yep. uh, were talking about it, and uh, you guys said who who is the one in summer league that you haven't given up hope on? He might not be in summer league, but people have given up hope on Marquise Chris, and I, that's not me. I think he's going to make that jump this year. I think he's finally going to be an impactful player. Uh, let's go to the east. No, I'm with you. I'm I'm not giving up on him either. Let's go to the East, and, and uh, so my my team in the East that that's gonna surprise a lot of people. And may not may, surprise maybe a a bad word because you know maybe it, they're put on notice already. They're just not talked about enough because they're not really in the news right now. I'm going with the Miami Heat. I love what they, I like Spolstra. Okay. I like I like I like Waiters there now. I I'm not on Waiters Island. I sold all my stock of Waiters Island. It's gone. I sold it all to everybody. But I'm starting to think about reinvesting. I like Drogic. I love uh, what's his name, the Josh Richardson. You know, I I'm okay with Justice Winslow. I love James Johnson. Hassan Whiteside's hit or miss, but I am infatuated with Bam Adebayo. He's one of my favorites. Oh, man. He's one of my favorite young bigs. So I am gonna say this team right here is gonna be a top five seed in the East. <laughs> I so. I'm cool with that. That could definitely happen. Um, they could be a top five seed and lose in the first round. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, they're they're gonna have a great regular season. Yeah, they're gonna be better than last year. Absolutely. But my thing is, I mean, I think not playing Hassan Whiteside. Somebody's got to want him. I like Hassan. I think he still can really help a team out there. I can't believe they haven't tried trading him, or I'm sure they have every day of their life. <laughs> but they just. They haven't found the right value or anything they can get back for him, not even a pick. Um, but they got to find at least one player. They haven't added anybody. They're really just subtracting Hassan Whiteside. And, I mean, Dion's coming back, depending on how much you like him. So my biggest question, Mark, I mean, who, they got to add one more player at least. Um, the only players I see getting much better on this team, Justice Winslow, Josh Richardson, and Bam, um, and I'm not incredibly high on Bam, but Josh Richardson uh, should have a huge jump this year, being all defense last year already. Bam with Kelly Olynyk, trade away Hassan Whiteside, get a solid. Uh, I mean, actually, no, scratch that, because I think Josh Richardson at the three is nice. I love what he brings defensively and effort wise, but he's he's kind of small. You know, get get like get us a, a secure, you know, strong small forward somehow by attaching Hassan Whiteside to a deal. I mean, there. They're a team that's going to make some noise in the regular season. I'm telling you, man. Fifth seed, potentially even top three. I'm putting it out there. Miami Heat. They're gonna they're gonna bring the heat this season. Be ready, Zach. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right, I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> All right, guys. That has been our time, Zach. Thank you so much for joining here, uh, joining us here on the Kings Court. But uh, before we let you go, you know, I, I said it at the top of the show, you. You have a great podcast. That Four Seasons podcast with you and Ryan is, you know, one that I think everyone should be listening to. Not only do you guys get great guests, you guys 
are very interactive with your fans. Uh, your audio is always clear. You guys do live shows through Periscope. Um, what what made you guys get started with that show? Appreciate you know I appreciate that a lot. Uh, so really, with us, I mean Ryan was writing for the NBA. Um, I have some uh, a little experience in player representation. I've helped players overseas. I've always um, been interconnected to the NBA. Probably. I'm a psychopath, man. I literally haven't missed a game of any team in probably the last three, four, or five years, maybe. Wow. Um, I watch every game, every team, but I just really wanted a platform and uh, met Ryan last year um, at my apartment complex, uh, downtown Kansas City, when I just moved here, and we hit it off. Felt like we had great chemistry and just said, let's do this. So uh, I'm pretty happy with where things are at and meeting great people like you. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, with your guests, I mean, you guys have had some amazing guests over the last what two months, three months. I mean, even through the regular season, I really got put onto your put onto your podcast just because you and I are both on Dash Radio. Uh, we were like, hey, you know, what? let's support each other. And then I just really started checking you out. And lately, I mean, you guys had Vucevic, Etwan Moore, uh, and, and and Jeff Goodman. You know, who, who's one of the best scouts you can have on your show to talk about young players and developing teams and stuff like that? You got it. Uh, I mean, you, how do you guys get these amazing guests? Is it just by player relation? Is it just because of, you know, the inner workings that you guys have within the NBA? I mean, what, 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 what attracts these guests to come to you and what gets you to get these guests on the show? Honestly, man, it, it's, it's been a lot of work. It's like a full time job for me. Um, Ryan's all the editing and technical stuff. I'm on the, I do do the business stuff and getting all the guests on and whatnot. But for me, it's just putting in the hard work, find the research and using uh, the connections I have, I guess, and just kind of networking, networking and try to break in to reach out to some of these people. So uh, some guys will take me eight months. Some guys will take me a week or two. It's just different on each one. But I mean, it's it's being really responsive and being able to sell the show. Yeah, well, it's 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 an easy sell at this point. I mean, your guys' show, like I said, and I and I, and I can't harp on it enough. Five star rating. I mean, you guys are, are are a great show. I recommend everyone here to go ahead and now that this show is wrapped up, take the time to go and look up the Four Seasons podcast. It's the number four, S Z, and then Sons. That's the best way I can pronounce it. Uh, yeah, really. Hey, any idea what that means, Vince? No idea. No idea. I think you've actually said uh, it on a podcast before, but I have no idea what it means. I just thought it worked. Yep. So we came up with that because, I mean, it's a year-long basketball never stops, man. We're talking about it right now, off season. So really, I mean, it comes down to there's four seasons in an NBA year. The play on the court gets better in each one. So plain and simple. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. Guys, go check them out. Four <laughs> season podcast. Listen to them. Leave a rating. Subscribe. Zach, one more time before I let you go. Where can the fans find you online? Where can they listen to your work? Where can they read some of your work? I know you're writing, too. So where can the fans find everything out about you? Yep. So my Twitter handle is Z-A-K-N-O-B-L-E, Zach Noble. Uh, mainly find us on Dash Radio Thursdays, uh, 6 p.m. Central Time. We also post all of our shows on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and they're always on uh, my Twitter page. Ryan has Instagram. You'll see him post next to me a lot of times, Ryan Mogjosh. Uh, but appreciate all the support, and it's been a blast, man. Appreciate you.
You guys follow him, Zach Noble, on Twitter. Subscribe to the pod. Listen to all their stuff. Read their work. You guys can follow me, your host, Vince Miracle, on all social media platforms of at VM Center. Please take the time to subscribe to this show. If you're not already subscribed, uh, leave a rating. You know, leave a review. Let us know what you guys think, what we can improve on, what you guys love about this show. Uh, the merch is still on sale. Sack Kings Nation t-shirts are on sale right now. Uh, they're actually on sale for the summer sale. So for right now, all t-shirts are only $15. And that'll start all the way up until the very first preseason game. $15 all summer long until the very first preseason game. Uh, you guys can go on SackKingsNation.com to go read all that. And be sure to bookmark SackKingsNation.com for all of your in-depth coverage of the Sacramento Kings. This has been your show. I have been your host. Zach has been your guest. And until next time, Sacramento Kings fans and NBA fans, since this was the NBA show, bye-bye.